Follow the Four Corners Podcast on social media. Like us on Facebook, Four Corners Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Podcast Four Corners. And check us out on Instagram, Four Corners Podcast. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review. I want to take this time to apologize to the television audience for what they're about to see. podcast i am shad here with matt and brad guys how are you uh doing pretty good shad doing good i'm glad to hear it i want to say thank you to everybody out there for joining us for this episode um a couple of shout outs to handle right up here at the beginning the first one's going to go to collar and elbow the wrestling brand collar and elbow brand.com use the promo code four corners podcast that's the number four capital c and corners capital p and podcast save 10 percent off your order works with sales works with clearance all that sort of stuff another shout out i want to do while we're um before we go into the next one is uh if you are if you paid any attention to the news then i know you're aware of the flooding going on in eastern kentucky and the uh the people down there could really use your help. So the, um, if you feel so inclined to be involved, I'm going to tell you that the, uh, the place to start looking the clearing house, if you want to find them on Twitter or Facebook or their website or whatever, um, I'm going to recommend using Apple shop, a P P A L S H O P.org, Apple shop.org. Um, it's good people. It's a good organization, and the places they recommend mean the money's going to get to the right place. Because uh, I've been back home, and I got to tell you guys, it's it's rough, rougher than you see on the news even. But not to bring us down too much. For our other shout out, we're going to go over to Matt. Uh, that'd be to Orlando Cologne. Um, Orlando Cologne ranked higher in the PWI than number twenty. <laughs> Why? Why, Matt, that sounds like both a slam and a segue. Are we, are uh, we talking kinda... about Mark Gresham? <laughs> <laughs> oh, hi, Mark. It's uh, kind of it's kind of a segue. Um, I was I was going to start a joke with it's like, hey guys, like nothing happened in wrestling the last like week or two, right? <laughs> yeah. So do we, we want to do the lighthearted, funny one first? Sure. We can start this however we want to start it. Yeah. yeah. So can I can I just say like um, I don't. I've never disliked Jonathan Gresham's like work, but um, I don't know. Some of the stuff he says like really bugs me, and that mm-hmm. he said on Twitter because like there was one he said like why can't a black guy just have his gimmick be a good wrestler? I'm like because that's a bad gimmick, and no one has ever made it to the <clears> top <throat> with their gimmick of being a good wrestler. Well, and to that I guess I would say it's like actually there are black guys out there that their gimmick is not ex- exclusively like they're good workers or good wrestlers but like that kind of is their gimmick a little bit it's like lee moriarty for example his he, he's got a lot of attention because like he's a, he actually is a good worker 
But the thing is, though, that's where that's where <laughs> where I think that really hurts his argument, though, is his he and Lee Moriarty in their presentation are similar-ish, except Lee Moriarty mm. has much more charisma and much more flair to his presentation. And I would yeah. actually argue that his entering style is more mainstream, um, accessible than Jonathan Gresham is, and he's not five uh, four. That's see, that's the biggest problem. Like, I don't dislike Jonathan Gresham. I actually do think Jonathan Gresham is a good worker. Um, but what we're talking about is like the recent uh, AEW Ring of Honor Death Before Dishonor pay per view from like a couple weeks back, and Jonathan Gresham got super super mad that well amongst other things like there's some fairness to it which I'll, i can get to in a minute but he got mad that he lost the he dropped the title he was booked to drop the title to cesaro aka claudio yeah which, um, which let's look before we get into anything any mm-hmm. promoter that is trying to make money would make this change if if yeah. you have jonathan gresham with your title and you have someone like Claudio as an option, you're gonna make that switch. Mm-hmm. It, it it's you you you're just gonna do it. Well, and the thing is, like, Jonathan Gresham is the the kind of guy that um, if he has your main title, you are a very small time indie promotion, or you are a dying promotion. If his statement, okay, according to his statement that you said earlier. <clears throat> even if he stayed in the spot long enough, he got tired of him. Jay Lethal's a good wrestler, but he had much more charisma than his gimmick just being a good wrestler. Like, just being good will get you a spot as a solid hand on a card, but it's not the kind of thing that gets mm-hmm. you... It's not the kind of thing that gets people buying <laughs> tickets. It's no, because a niche everyone's audience a good, thing. Everyone's a good wrestler now. And if you if you think of guys that if you simplify it down to like being a good wrestler like Bret Hart was more than a good wrestler like um, Voldemort was more than a good wrestler Liger was way more than a good wrestler yeah but like, yeah so... we we live in an era where it's like there's not really an equivalent kind of to Dean Malenko because Dean Malenko had was kind of unique in that he was like a great worker but he had his own like weird charisma. But he at least he like could get by. It's like this guy's just like a great worker. He's going to go out there and have like amazing matches with with a variety of talent. Even and, if yeah, but no even one put with there. Malenko, Malenko <clears throat> was doing things nobody else was, and Malenko didn't hit the top. No, mm-hmm. Malenko was. But Malenko had his place on the card. Yeah. yeah. And, and he he knew he knew what role he was supposed to have. And I would argue he's a far better wrestler than. Gresham is. I would argue that too, but I, I I don't think that Gresham is bad. Like I I do think he's a good worker, but no, but he has to also realize his physique and his size is going to limit him. Like I sent you a picture of him and Bully Ray, and he yeah. looked like a child. It's not even that... like Ray where he's steroid himself to the gills and he looks like he can mm-hmm. hang, but then also, um, Ray Mysterio is an elite. Uh, are, has an argument for goat status worker. He's of uh, the last like 25 years. He's up there in terms of, and he's had. There's been some years, like especially like during the aughts, 
like there have been years where he was arguably like one of the best let's say ten, in the in the top 10 workers yeah um i he, gresham just can't get he can't get around that and it's unfortunate um he's in good shape in sense of like he's physically looks very fit because uh, yeah he is but i mean you can't get around like five four i know it's that's kind of unfair because we wrestling has in general been moving away from like being just body guys no but and, you have to look like you can hang and the thing is well, like that yeah if, if you look at if you look at leah rush who is we're going to be generous and say leah rush is five six um leah rush looks like he could beat my ass I'm pretty sure I could take Jonathan Gresham in a <laughs> in a fight. And like they're both short, but like there's something about Leo Rush's build, he's a bigger 56, so you overlook that really easy, but Jonathan Gresham is not like Jonathan Gresham is a small 54. He's yeah, he legitimately I believe is 54, and I say that because like I have years ago it's been years ago at this point like three years ago maybe or close to it like i went to an indie show and he wrestled on the indie show and this is kind of before he got associated with ring of honor um either before ring of honor was pre-aew ring of honor and i saw him on the card and i had good tickets and it was one of those like small indie events where it's like you're in like a gym like literally you're like Mm -hmm. you're in like a high school gym or the equivalent of it um so i got i was relatively close to him i wasn't like uh you know a thousand yards away i was like maybe like 50 feet at best probably more like 25 feet and the dude is small like he's small like let me ask you i'm sorry matt i'm jumping in but i'm not terrifically familiar with gresham's in-ring stuff could you list some of the signature spots off for me please octopus hold okay um I haven't seen him wrestle in a really long time, so you got to forgive me. I'm a little... Yeah, but then I'm going to pull him on cage match real quick, because there's a... Um, there, there's a thought that keeps popping up in my head, but I want to... I, I don't want to just spout off without... And, I mean, he just did some aew stuff like they used him a little bit and i don't think he really went over super well okay yeah he i don't think he really moved the needle with people no so signature moves listed on cage match octopus stretch figure four shooting star press and german suplex yeah so nothing that stands out there look (laughs) dude gresham buddy you've hit a higher you've hit a higher tier than I ever got close to. But I'm a foot taller than you. And I'm going to need some severe convincing to be willing to go up for a German suplex for you, man. Yeah. Because, I mean, like, Shad's met me in person out of the two mm-hmm. of us. And Shad has quite a bit of of height on me. But I'm still, like, I think if I was a trained worker, you would probably be like, yeah, I'll take a German from you. Like, it's believable. One of the things that I had a hard time with early on because part of my brain was still stuck in the fact that I was not bigger than average but I was I I was told point blank you don't ever take a suplex from anybody who's not one of one two three these people on a roster nobody else picks you up ever and Gresham would have fallen into that category because 
I mean, <laughs> the I would say the only other time you could do something like that is if it's basically like a comedy spot, mm. like going like Hurricane when Hurricane was choke slamming people, yeah. or or this is something that I recently saw. I guess they did this like at a GCW show recently. It's like you had a uh, you had Marcus Stunt like dressed like the giant <laughs> and he's out there like choke slamming people. And it's like, that's, he's small. So that's, that's basically just a pure comedy spot, but they played it off as comedy. But yeah. if you're like Jonathan Gresham, where you're styling yourself as like a super serious guy, like you should respect me. Then like, no, that won't work. I, I like, have more. I'm not Chairman kidding. Ramu had more believability when she was 15. <laughs> I was going to say, other comedy spot involving a mismatched sized German suplex was Kurt Angle trying to German suplex Big Show uh, <laughs> and hip thrusting trying to get him over and it's not working. You know what's this is like a really a huge aside, but you know what's wild to me is that uh Chairman Rao grew up and then came back into wrestling yeah. as Ram Ram Kai Chow. And she's actually like I I I can't say she's like a great worker because I don't I haven't seen enough of her stuff. But she has like a gimmick and she works it and she's entertaining. Yeah. She yells and like she basically curses out her opponents like the entire match in Japanese and I have no idea what she's saying, but the announcers get like super like <laughs> stressed out. It's like, oh it's Ram Kachal cursing out the other talent. The, the hilarious part when she was doing the Undertaker thing though, is she had the mannerisms down, like when she did like mm-hmm. the the old style like put their hands on their chest and pin them, like it was very Undertaker esque. Like I don't know how they how much she had to watch to do that, but she had like his, his yeah. thing down. She popped up. She just did a match in stardom, like not that long ago. And she's popped up on like Tokyo Joshi pro, even though I think triple six is like her poem promotion. Yeah. The funny, she's actually like, she grew up to be like a really pretty young woman. Like they could actually, she could probably do more than she does, but I mean, it depends on what, like, if she has a day job and, like, this is her side gig, like, she might just be, like, a hobbyist making a little side cash with her name value and it's not her main thing. Because, I mean, sometimes when they have another gig, like, they only go so far, but... She's all over the triple six, uh, like, merchandise and stuff like that, so that may be, like, she can be, like, a big fish in a small pond. yeah. So, uh, one thing I do I do want to say about Jonathan Gresham is that it came out. Well, there's a hilarious part where like he well, got into apparently I, he got into like a big fight with Tony Khan. That I have was... to say, can I can I just add one thing for you? Sure. So, I have to say that um, other than a few people that obviously weren't on the show that seemed to be his friends, like the talent did not seem overly sympathetic to him, which always no. tells me a lot about if someone's in the right or not. Yeah. Well. We're kind of kind of discussed this as an overall thing throughout this episode, but like it's it kind of goes down to like our who is out there is a mark for themselves, and Dressum seems to be like a mark for himself. And I I understand you have to like you, and especially in wrestling, it's like you need to basically like be your best, be your own advocate. You need to you know make sure that you are taken care of because who else is going to do that for you? I mean, you might have a promoter that likes you, but like you need to be cognizant of what's going on and make sure that you get, you push yourself, like you everything like that. Um, but the guy has limitations, like the size, is like what it is, and, and I his don't think that. Marketability is limited. Yeah, I, I don't think that Tony Khan made the wrong choice, but Jonathan Gresham 
took really a, a big offense and was like, I guess, cursing Tony Khan behind closed doors. And the funny thing is that I guess he brought up, this is like my joke at the beginning. It's like he, I guess, in the argument, allegedly, according to other people, he was like yelling at Tony Khan, cursing him out and saying like, I was number 20 in the PWI. I should be like pushed better than this. <laughs> it's like, dude, dude. The PWI is like as as kayfabe and fake as they come. Like, yep, that doesn't move a needle. The one thing I do think is inaccurate, I guess he was like yelling about Tony Khan is, and I I think this is a criticism of Tony Khan that's valid. Is like Tony Khan needs to, he really needs to get like some talent relations people. He does. Yeah, because there are some I guess there are some people that do work with talent, and that's good. But he needs he needs more like a dedicated staff. For that because we've heard from guys like joey janela you know janela uh, walked that back and said like he didn't say that that tony khan was actually really approachable and well it's it is approachable he was he is approachable but he did ghost marco stunt and he, he does seem to do that with people it's like if he does he's not interested in you you're not the bright shiny toy that he's excited about like claudio yeah. Uh, and you're a guy that he like isn't planning on re-signing and that you just can let you sit out your contract. Like he's fair in the sense that he will let you sit out your contract. But and he's, if he doesn't plan to resign you or anything like that, like with Marco, and he doesn't, he doesn't just ghost you. Well, and he which could, I don't think is fair. No, but he also doesn't. Um, he tries to be very diplomatic when he lets you go. True. Yeah, he he doesn't typically just cut you loose, but. It's because it, even even Big Swole, he tried to be nice about that, and she was too stupid to um to not like get. Well, yeah, people people forget like the, people are only going to remember like the the fight that they got into. But he initially it was like he was complimentary about her, and he just basically saying like, oh yeah, we're not renewing her contract, and he was less he wasn't snarky or anything like that. No, he was trying to and, spare her feelings and just you know. Yeah, and then then when she kind of went off, that's when he came back with like a you, you can say it's a, it was a bad response from him. It probably he should have just let's just yeah. say I I don't think he should have said it, but he wasn't lying. <clears throat> no, he wasn't lying, but there is something he said where it's like you know what you're you're the boss, like you can be the bigger man, just be like you don't have to comment on it. Yeah, especially especially if he wouldn't have said anything like. She's proven with her few indie dates since then why she isn't in AEW anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because we watched what part of that match with um, Tasha Steeles, who is a good worker, and she was god awful. She's. It's tough because she's someone who has legitimate uh, health issues at times. She has Crohn's. Apparently, it's like she has bad Crohn's. Uh, so it, it is believable that the health issues and other stuff has limited both her in ring and her ability to train, but she shouldn't be I, wrestling then. Yeah. Like you can, you can, you should probably just step away from wrestling and that's not like a criticism of her abilities. Even it's just like, you need to take care of your health. And there, there are certainly wrestlers who not even like physical stuff, like mental health stuff have taken a step back and it's like, yeah, no, I can't, I need a break from this. And they yeah, have, that's, that's fair. But I think, People use the Crohn's disease as an excuse for her, but I bet you there there are several other wrestlers oh, that I, are far better than her that have Crohn's disease just as bad and have have worked through it. I, I can I give you one. one. I can give you an example right now, and I can give you an AEW example. Go Ten. For it. Ten. Preston Vance. Really? He, 
he has Crohn's. Yeah. I didn't know. Uh, and he has said like, well, through like following this like very specific diet and everything, I have basically put the Crohn's in remission. Now it's, it is again knowing a little bit about medical, it is slightly unfair to be like, well, why can't she fix it? These other wrestlers did. It's like Crohn's is actually, it's like a spectrum. You can have a really severe case of Crohn's, and it, generally you're predisposed to having bad flare-ups. Or you could have a Crohn's that, like, it's like Preston's, where it's like you, if you follow a specific diet and be, you're careful with what you eat, then it might not be that bad. Yeah, that's but it can, very... it, sometimes it's very bad. Like, I, one of my friends, uh, his mentor, uh, in he's an attorney, like, one of his mentor had Crohn's so bad that he had to like several times go into the into like the hospital and get like bowel resections. It's like, it can be very bad or it can be more, more moderate. Yeah. Like mild even to use an example for me, like, um, I had diabetes, but I changed my diet and lost weight and I haven't had it for five years because if I keep my weight off and I don't, go hog wild on food like i'll be fine probably until i'm older but you know other people could have done the same thing i did and still had it that's like, good and that's that's actually what you should have done it sounds like if, if you were diabetic it sounds like you're probably type 2 which is yeah which, I'm which type can two. be yeah which can be uh addressed with medication but that's i guess of the types of diabetes to get it's the quote you know air quote better one because if you are very careful with your diet and you try to do other stuff like maybe engage in like exercise and exercise can be like, I'm going to go for like a walk around the block. Yeah. Like it, doing that, like you can manage the diabetes. I know a little bit, sadly, I know a little bit more about that because my, my mom had diabetes, but it's something that you need to be careful with. So I, in fairness to the big swole, like she could have a bad case and other people don't, but I kind of am with you. It's like, generally, I don't think she's like that good of a worker. No. And she's, and she's like, admittedly like i'm reading between the lines of things she said but she seems lazy too i'm just gonna outright say it like she seems to have no creative vision and she doesn't seem to be willing to put the work in to get better and that's based on things she said Mm -hmm. like she showed up in AEW and just expected them to give her a character and like a direction and she's like well i'm not good at that and i'm like yes but then you can't be mad that you're not getting pushed when you know Thunder Rosa shows up and she has a well-developed gimmick and works hard and is good in the ring and is way higher up the card than you immediately. This is kind of an aside, but one thing that I think I kind of wish that Tony Khan had done is obviously they went with, with Big Swole for at least the extent of, of her contract. And they never really seemed to give a contract or interest to, um, uh, what's her name? God, I'm, free. I'm, I'm blanking was on it, her um, name. Was but... it Diamante who was Ivalice's, um babysitter? <laughs> Isn't she still on in contract? Or I think she's. I, she, I think she's around still. I know she's done. She's done dark and elevated as recently as a couple months she, ago she has and she's i think a good worker um a decent enough worker um i think that she i think she's still around i'm thinking of like nicole savoy oh yeah, yeah. Um, nicole savoy like made a couple uh, appearances with aew like in the early days and they never really did much with her beyond that and unfortunately like uh, i think earlier this year nicole savoy like announced that she was retiring 
and she wasn't bitter about anything like she actually was like i'm just gonna move on like it's been have had a great career like i'm gonna move on but it's like nicole savoy was a good like a very good worker and i really do think that they could have probably like done a lot more with her like if they had signed her versus big swole um and right now like i don't know that she has a contract or not but everyone is basically super impressed with and loves uh like willow nightingale whenever she pops up i i'm shocked if she's not under a deal maybe she is they haven't announced it yet but Uh, she's one she wins and usually when people are picking up wins on dark and elevation i feel like they have contracts they, I mean, she probably does have a contract. It may just be like a short-term contract versus like yeah. we signed we signed her for like a three-year deal. But um, I really do think that if they haven't signed her, like they sh- should. I think she might be a Ring of Honor piece once they get that. That would make perfect on. sense because she could be like a, a linchpin with the women's division there. She's she's immensely charismatic. Like she's very likable. Yeah, she's okay in the ring. I wouldn't say like she's – She's not bad, but I wouldn't say she's great. But she has a lot of charisma. Like she, she, mm. she would fill a a role mm. there. But I think I think Gresham had some legitimate arguments about um about the communication problems. But we've we've said that with Tony before. But I mm. think he has to realize, even if you're being a mark for yourself, he has to realize, like that they are trying to get. Um, Ring of Honor, a TV deal, and like draw people to the show and make it a more mainstream product. And he has a place in a promotion like that, but it's not as the world champion. And if he felt disrespected because um, of his title reign, it's like, well, dude, like the promotion was dead for most of your reign, so I don't know what to tell you. It's it's tough. Everybody in wrestling is a mark for themselves. You kind of have to be because you got to believe in yourself enough to to put yourself over. But the pulling your PWI number is is just not. I don't I don't understand how anybody thinks that that's that's a good move. Um, if he wants to say I was the champion coming in, what are you going to do with me now? And from some of the scuttlebutt I've, I've read. They wanted to turn him heel is what I heard, and he was sure. not wanting to be heel, which, um, again, seems to be being a mark for himself. Yeah, it's like, well, I don't want to be a heel. It's like, I understand that you don't want to be a heel, but that's where we need to use you. And so if is... you want to keep a job, go with it. You know, it's it's yeah. in a in a an atmosphere like this one where you have a lot of super talented people. So, so is your you scuttle, can... but um, pretty much that they had some ideas of where they wanted to go with him and he didn't want to play ball is essentially... that's my understanding of it. Yeah. That's yes. what I heard. That's what I read. And it's, it's not a, um, I'm sorry about the background noise. Uh, okay. It's just not a, um, not a great place to be if because if your gimmick is oh well my gimmick is i'm a great wrestler it's like dude you're in the same ecosystem as brian danielson as um you know moxley as omega you that's that's not going to cut it and 
for him to say that, it's like, dude, you you gotta you gotta read the room. You are not you are not the big fish in the pond anymore. And I, I hate to I would I would hate to have to do that to anybody. But you I think he I think he's in the job. Let uh, Christopher Daniels handle that stuff. That's supposed to be his job, isn't it? Yeah, but I don't think he's good at it. Is I think the problem. Or maybe maybe he his role is different as opposed to like the WWE impression of the role, where it's it's not like uh, managing like signings and stuff. It's taking care of talent as things go on and and managing like the 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 day-to-day stuff maybe. yeah so then i guess um do we want to hit what the big news of the last couple weeks <laughs> has been is so um vince mcmahon retired and we have triple h is head of um wwf creative now which i have to say um there's a lot of smoke getting blown up his ass over the first two shows and i think they were better like the cohesion's better and the endings are better but it still seems like the same well i would think that it's gonna take some time to get past a bunch of the the, if you walk into the mess you got to clean the mess up before yeah uh, i think they've done immense damage to their roster and their most of the talent over the last two years, like just immense. And then they, you know, the, the talent they've damaged horribly, but then I think anyone that would have been easy reclamation projects with goodwill behind them that you could build around, they got rid of. Well, they may be able to get some of them back. Uh, there's a lot of rumbling about that. And the, um, my general approach is going to be because after that first raw, after Vince announced his retirement, it's like I, I don't, I, I don't count that one. That one's a mulligan because Vince wrote that before he was out. And I'm going to say, you know, I'm not going to make a snap decision. That doesn't mean I'm going to like run back to watching it because yeah, I'm, I'm still gun shy about it, but. I'm here in a while. I'd be willing to look at it again and say, "Hey, you know, has this gotten better?" And try and give it on a shake again. It's it's still not my stylistic preference. They would have but... to have a massive, massive roster turnover for me to care. Well, or they would have to have enough time to be able to to do a lot of rehab. Which I'm willing to say, you know what, let's, you'll, you know, take the time you need on it. And I'll, maybe I'll try and pay attention a little bit down the line, maybe. But there's just, God, it's going to be a while. Well, I think, I think people are thinking like that it's going to be like open season on signing people. But I don't actually think that's true because I still think they're trying to sell the company. So I think he's not going to be able to really (laughs) sign much of anyone well that's okay that's something that's interesting like i i don't if the idea is like they're gonna sell the company and i think we 
I think we've all come to that agreement like here on this podcast. Like I do think that they're going to try to sell or have the intention to sell. But if the idea, which many people have put forward, is that they're going to wait until the TV rights are up so they can either you know acquire like really good new rights and that will bump up the, the asking price for, for selling it. But from what I understand, like that's like in 2025. Mm-hmm. So so are they going to just like keep going on as they are for the next three years? Like it's going to be just business as usual the next three years. I don't know that they can do that. Right now, like yesterday, uh, which is August 1st, like they popped a good number, like their best number all year in ratings. Would they because pop for Raw? It was like a 2.2 something. Oh, God, that's terrible. Historically, but for them, like generally getting like under twos, like it's a it's a you know huge rating. Yeah, um, but I mean, you're talking in the grand scheme of things, though. That's that's worse than like 95 well, the TV landscape has changed a lot too. So yeah. yeah, but they were they were but they were still pulling like five, five ish million and over for like a big show, six or seven years ago. No, they they have horribly bled the audience. Yeah. Um, they they did that because like people were interested to see like what's the first well it's a it's like it's the raw after SummerSlam. Yeah. But there also people are are interested in seeing like well what's what's it going to be like in the effectively the beginning of the Triple H era, um, and we can kind of get into like what people's expectations are for the WWE now. But it's like that's a good number. Um, they won't maintain it though. That's the thing. Like, how is it going to be like three months from now? Is it going to be still be at that number? Is that uh, a curiosity or it, number, or yeah. are people actually excited? Or is it going to be back to where it was before? Because um, I think you, I think you're right. Like they have a lot of work to do, and I don't know what they're going to do with it. Because, and to go back to to circle back to signings, it's like there's not. If you actually think about it, it's like oh, Triple H is going to sign all these indie guys. It's like yeah, who? Because all like the really, really good top indie guys that would fit within the WWE system, like they are kind of with. If they're not already in developmental or or with WWE, they're with AEW. And they just so, signed within the last year, so they're off the market for probably another year and a half to two years. So who are you gonna who are you gonna take? Like, well, I mean, I saw an article like like talent wants to go back to WWE, and I'm like, okay, let's see who wants to go back, and it was Killer Cross, and I just rolled my eyes. I'm like, yeah, like that's gonna make a difference, and just moved on with my life. So I'm you might think I'm crazy, but I actually think that he you could bring him back because he would fit within the wwe ecosystem i mean a he's way. a warm body that can give you some different matches but i mean this is the thing that i think people that are like really blowing the smoke don't realize is triple h already lost to um aew mm-hmm. and nxt i think people are also forgetting how bad nxt was getting like towards the end of his um booking regime yeah and okay i wonder this and this is just speculation because i don't have a whole lot to go on with it so just take it as speculation but i wonder how much of that um because you i've heard alvarez say it i've heard Meltzer say it i've heard it out of fightful that's 
every yes, Hunter was running NXT, but ultimately stuff still had to go through Vince. And I can't with the amount of hot shotting that was going. I can't help but wonder: Would it have been different? Now, no, because... I'm not saying no, no. I'm not saying that they would have won this ratings war. Not going to happen because there's not enough crossover between the audiences to have that sort of thing happen. Mm-hmm. That, that's just not there. But would it have been different? Mm, yes, but it still would have been bad. And I can. We can, because I can tell you, if you if you go back and really think about it, um, after DIY broke up is when the decline happened, and um, DIY breaking up is like the last thing that would have been like a Dusty and Ryan Ward booked idea. Okay. So if you look at NXT and you look at its like steady decline, it's the further the it's the further away they get from Dusty Rhodes having influence. Okay. And if you look at some of the things before AEW came <clears throat> along, like how the Viking house party left the promotion, like that was really dumb how they did that. Yeah. Like that's the kind of things that started happening. Um, the Johnny Gargano thing, AEW wasn't even like a fart in the wind at um that point when they did that. So like there's a lot of unforced errors they're making and it was getting worse as time went on. Like the undisputed era being on top forever. That that one is a completely fair criticism. I people are super super excited, and I feel like this part of this. I, I'll get into this part of this. I think is like the fault of of you know the wrestling journalists out there, like Dave Meltzer. Like Dave Meltzer is like oh like. Triple H is in charge. Yeah, Triple H is a history of pushing smaller wrestlers. And he basically went to like a little spiel and kind of insinuating it's like, oh, we're going to see uh, Johnny Gargano return and dethrone Roman as like <laughs> the undisputed world champion. It's like he didn't actually make that argument, but it's like he was basically kind of insinuating it's like, oh, this is what's going to happen now with WWE programming. And it's like, really? Like, show it to me because until that actually happens, I don't believe that's what's going to happen. Okay, uh, back up for just a second for me. Who was saying that? Meltzer. Meltzer was – he didn't specifically make that argument. So I'm not, okay. let's be fair. Like he wasn't making the argument that Johnny Gargano is going to do that. Yeah. But he's making the argument that it's like Triple H has no p- problem pushing smaller wrestlers. And so he was insinuating that there are guys now in different body types and things like that who might now get like a good shot. They may become like big stars in WWE. And it's like, we, again, it's August 2nd now, August 1st, Raw last night, like we saw uh, Ciampa wrestle two matches and win both of them. And one of them was against like AJ Styles. So it's like, well, maybe some guys are actually going to fare decently, but does that mean like you're going to get Ciampa in the main event of WrestleMania? The problem there though is like, can you really trust Ciampa to stay healthy? And not leave well, that's, in a lurch. That's specifically Champa, but it's like if you think other guys, it's like okay, let's say you bring Gargano back, and let's say he like gets a decent push on the main roster. It's like okay, like that still doesn't mean like that's they they're gonna do that for everyone. So yeah. the idea that that you're gonna take guys who were popular and successful in NXT, and that's how it's gonna be. I think the whole NXT to begin with. It, I struggle to give Triple H 
credit a lot because I knew you had the argument that Dusty was the one who was actually booking the really good stuff. And that may be the case. But to me, it's like Triple H was basically just taking matchups and feuds and things from PWG like yeah. and throwing them on NXT and having those guys go out there and put on good matches. And then he it's like people like basically fillet him. It's like, oh, my God, what a genius Triple H is. It's like Triple H would literally send Regal out to PWG events to recruit slash steal the talent there and then just have that talent be doing the same matches in in nxt and everyone's acting like oh triple h creative genius and that's not going to work on the main roster too like he can't book the same way yeah and i don't i'm not even trying to hate per se because i do think that he is better than vince i think he long term he will be an improvement over vince who vince like the last several years is obvious like his his concept of booking to the extent that he was booking things or like a booking committee composed of bruce frichard is doing things like it's i i think that triple h ultimately will be an improvement but that doesn't mean like oh he's suddenly going to be smoking aew yeah and and the thing is though if he even as an improvement to vince he has probably years of work to get rid of the damage they did the last well, five yeah. years. And that's something that came out in the last week. It's like the rumors like, oh, Triple H is going to return NXT back to like more like the black and gold. And it's like, how? Like the guys that, that compose black and gold are gone. They, yeah. they've, left, they've either been fired from the company and now signed with AEW. Or to a, to a small extent, they've been moved up to the main roster. And it's like there's not a lot of guys – in NXT that would be of the black and gold type of brand. So I don't know what you're going to do with that. And they don't uh, have any stars either. Like their stars are all old. Well, they don't have stars and that kind of goes right back and it's, it's a circle. It kind of goes back to that, that question. It's like, well, like they could sign guys, but who are they going to sign? Like there's not a lot of indie talent out there. There's some like, but are you going to, are you going to sign those guys and use them? Like, what are you going to do with the guys there that would actually like make NXT good again. And they could be like the, the guys that you in six months to a year are grooming to move up to the main roster and refresh your main roster. And they have and, all these like guys that they sign basically like right out of college. Cause they're like college athletes. And that's who, a real, that's a real, I, people get really excited about those guys. I'm like, yeah, but like they actually have to be able to do pro wrestling, which some athletes don't make that transition and then they have to have charisma, which again, I would argue that most don't like if you're looking at NXT and all the guys, the people that they signed, uh, I would argue that the three people that were like college athletes. And I think actually have a, a, a good shot of being something because of their pedigree or what they've already shown is Braun Breaker, who that's almost like that's a gimmick. A, yeah, that's like a cheat because he 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 comes from a wrestling family, so yeah. it's like it's almost superfluous if he was a college athlete. So they, they they've got to they've got to change some stuff with him because I would argue I've seen some regression with him the last little bit, and they've not protected him well the last six months. They have no. To, 
they've been doing wacky shit with him where, and, where it's like, let's have him in a, in a few, long time feud with Joe Gacy. It's like, what are you doing, guys? And they've put <laughs> him in matches that haven't protected him and have shown his flaws as a worker, too, which has been well, he's, really bad. He's he's still green. He's still yeah. green. He's a like rookie. He, he's still yeah. a rookie. Yeah, but that, why but is I, he holding that promotion title in his first year? Yeah. Yeah. And the other two that I would argue, like I think, have talent and could become like a big thing are the Creed brothers. Um, they were both collegiate athletes. Uh, I think that what they've shown, like they have actually have like a lot of like athleticism. I think they could actually do something, and they're they're not bad in NXT at all. I think that they have a good, like some pretty good skills, but again it's like well how long are they going to be there like they really do need to be there like a while because they need to season themselves they, they those kids have only been around like a year maybe so they need time and then it's like who else on the nxt are you gonna gonna use or bring up it's like i everyone's greener than goose shit as they say yeah and there's this, there's going to be this middle period where stuff does not get better because they Either the people they have are not good enough to do what they're asking them to do, or you're just going to have stinky matches for a while. Now, in, in the same way that, because we had the, the meme floating around our, our group chat for a little bit of the, um, the, the statement of, you know, just because something good happens over here doesn't mean it's going to bury the other side. I... I, like I said, it, we have said in the past, WWE style stuff is not my preferred style. But if they're going to take the time and do the work to really try and improve it, great. Show me. I want. I want to see. Show me that you can do it. Show me it'll happen. And I'll be. I'll be. I will be thrilled to see you pull it off. Go for it. In the meantime. You know, in the meantime, it might suck. But you know what? I, I am willing to let Triple H run with it and we see what happens because at the very least, it's got to start getting better if it's going to get better overall. And let's let's see how that starts and let's see where it goes. I think the only two difference makers you have in NXT, and I only mean that is you could bring them up and they wouldn't be an embarrassment on the main roster, are... Well, I'll say three. Roderick Strong, Cameron Grimes, mm. and Carmelo Hayes are probably your best bets at, at bringing Allen up. I would agree to all of those. Cameron Grimes, obviously, um, uh, and Roderick Strong have been around like a long time. They have yeah. wrestling elsewhere. Um, Carmelo Hayes, like I don't. He's got. He's done some indie stuff. I guess you could bring okay. Santo Escobar's like. Oh God! Yeah, that's actually like something that you should probably Triple H should probably do like sooner rather than later. Like you could bring those guys up, and those guys could be like a stable for you. Yeah. And actually be putting on good matches and things. Like that would be like a to me like that would be like a kind of like a no brainer. Yeah, that, but, but we'll I mean see. That, that's the best I think you could do. I mean, you could bring Mandy Rose back, but like I don't, she's not gonna make. She's probably not going to be a needle mover. No, no. And she's, she's capable, but she's not going to be like a big bum. No, and she's not like she's not good enough at anything other than like their the Vince obsession with her. But like she's not particularly good at anything either. 
so that doesn't help. I think, um, I think like, but some of the stuff like jobbing street profits at um, SummerSlam is the kind of stuff that's still gonna happen though. Yeah, yeah they, I don't love that. They really should should do something about that. And then you have like really great workers because of their size, not Jonathan Gresham type size, but because of their size, they're probably not gonna do much with. Like Pete Dunne, Pete Dunne should not be basically like a comedy bushwhacker type of character as he Butch. Should not, yeah, he should not be comic relief hanger on. Well, they ruined Eli Drake already. I, that's someone that it's like I think that they they removed him from like this kind of comedy stable that he's fronting because Vince like didn't like his didn't like him. It's like, well, why don't you just use him now? Why don't you use him as Eli Drake? He's he he's seasoned. Like he's been around like in other places a long time and he he's... knows how to present himself as a star. Yes, you don't have many a... people like I'm not saying he's gonna draw extra people, but you have a guy that can talk, he's decent in the mm. ring, but he knows how to come off as a star. And you only have a couple of guys right now that can do that. He is better, I think, in the ring and less less annoying than like the Miz. It's like, dude, you can have your new Miz. Like, this is the guy who can talk. This guy who can actually work. I mean, the Miz, like he... the Miz needs to retire. He's been practically worthless since his um, leg injury. It. So the Miz, I I fully believe like the Miz has was been, was around because he was a, basically a Vince crutch, and that oh, so we have a three hour show. Okay, like send them. We'll have the Miz every every week. We'll book the Miz, and he can just do like a half hour of him talking and then like a quick match or something and it's like enough of that enough like we don't need to do that anymore i've got to give the guy props he's in terms of a career he went from basically being a joke to making something of himself and then being pretty stable for a while that's a pretty damn good run he he has there have been times where he has been like perfectly fine but i just been, think there's been a minority of his career in my opinion I just think that at this point, like, his act is kind of stale. It's beyond stale. It's been stale for, like, five years. So, you know, have him do his reality show, and if you can bring him back, because he's still, for the WWE, he's relatively young at 41. It's like, you can um, you can retool him. Like, retool him, and then you can do something different with him, or better, or at least refreshed. Just, yeah, give the guy a break. I mean, he's been working a lot for a lot of years. Give the guy a little bit of a break. Yeah, and now, I think, though, I think the one thing that we've kind of touched on, that Matt touched on, too, though, is Triple H has a big hurdle that I don't know. I don't think any promotion could overcome. I don't even think AEW could, but the three hours of Raw is is a massive hurdle that I don't because if, if dynamite suddenly became three hours, it would be the same issue. Like it waters things down. You burn your matches too much. Um, it's just too much time to fill. Like people don't want to watch TV for three hours. You, and you wind up with basically to, to compensate for that time. You just wind up doing like long talking segments, or promos, stuff like that. It just, it becomes unwieldy. Yeah, uh, it, it's uh, – who was it? I, I can't remember who it was I saw. Somebody said if you were going to make an immediate change, 
Maybe it was the fact that it was when they had an interview with Triple H. What, what, what's something you would change right away if you were in charge? He's like, take an hour off Raw. And they're like, yeah, that's that a good answer. That popped up a lot on social media like the last week. Yeah. But it's like that interview that he gave is like years ago. Yeah. So it's like there's there's no indication that they're going to be actually doing that. They, they won't let him because the, the loss of ad revenue they'll get from that and off their TV deal would be massive. Like that yeah. would lose them more money than having no fans. Mm-hmm. Like so. Yeah. That, I mean that that would end up hurting. Yeah. Because they've got the deals that are inked in blood and all that sort that's of stuff. What, that's but, what killed WCW largely is their their losses went massively up when they cut nitro back to two hours because they lost all that money from mm-hmm. ad revenue so it's it's never gonna happen like that was a permanent forever deal and um they're gonna have to deal with it forever but it's sped up like i would say their audience erosion would look a lot better if they never added that extra hour yeah it probably because if you think back to playing EWR and your show was too long, you ever sit there and look at it and go, God, what do I put here? What am I supposed to do with this? You yeah, it, but once you <laughs> once you do that for like two months, though, then you're like, well, what do I put there? Like, I've already done this match like eight times. Right. And then you're just sick of it. Like, that's that's a, that's a lot of the problem. And they, they just have too much TV. Because if you look at it, between it and SmackDown, they have five hours of essential TV a week. And um, that's just too much. Like, you at well, Mac should have three hours of must well, that, essential TV a week, but probably just two hours. I think, I think, well, I guess I'm like, I, I have the mentality of like Raw and SmackDown from back in the day, mm-hmm. or even Nitro and Thunder back in the day. It's like, I think four hours is fine. You can do like two shows, two two hour shows. I think that, that, could, that could be fine. Um, but it's like that goes back to some comments that Becky Lynch made that long, not that long ago, where it's like, well, we WWE, we do like women's wrestling better. It's like, yeah, you do, because in a sense, you do, because you have endless between, amounts of TV you have yeah, to between, fill. Between, between Raw and SmackDown and NXT, it's like you ha- literally have seven hours of programming. Yeah. Like, that's not even looking at some of the ancillary shows. Like, uh, I don't think they even do to like, level up main event yeah it it, i think level up replaced um 205 live well certainly like nxt uk it's like okay you're not even counting that it's like you have seven hours like between seven hours i would hope that you would be able to feature the women's wrestling a lot whereas uh aew has effectively three like i know they have like dark and elevation i would say 2.5 because rampage is kind of like half um something stuff you want to see in like half jobberish stuff that's there people have been criticizing AEW recently um and the the ratings for rampage have not been great lately no because it's been it's been phoned in for at least like four months now it's been for it's been phoned in like there there are matches on AEW rampage that should not be on there it's like i understand maybe you're trying to do something uh, and I understand the utility of like squash matches or things like that, but it's like no offense, no offense if you're a fan of Pence, but like I shouldn't see Leon Ruff on Rampage. Like I should not. Like he should not be on that. He, he can be on Dark or Elevation. That's fine. But I shouldn't see him on Rampage. Like Rampage, it's been 
it seems like lately, like the last month or so, you might get like one good match on Rampage that you're excited to see, and then like filler. Yeah, and it's it like used it should to be, be you that got way. you got a squash and then two good matches. Yeah. They did. The, it's the typical WWE formula that they actually did with that, where, like, when, remember when they brought main event back, or they brought superstars back, and they made that like big push for like the first couple months to make it like a must-watch show, and then they lost interest, and then it just turned into C-tier shows. Yeah. That's what Rampage feels like, because because there's a time where like I would watch Rampage every week, but Rampage has become very skippable. I DVR it, so I um I watch it. I try to watch it every week. Uh, well, not every week. Like I, try, I mean, I'm always perpetually behind. I'm trying to catch up, guys. I'm trying to catch up with That's Impact right. and AEW Dynamite and Rampage. I'm behind uh, on on pretty much everything. So, yeah, so. It, but I'm trying to catch up. Like, but most times, like I watch Rampage, it's like, okay, oh wow, they have like an Andrade versus Ray Phoenix match. Let me watch that, and I'll watch it. And then at like pretty much like the other forty-five minutes or so, I'm like fast-forwarding. It's like, uh, yeah, it's I don't like, need to see. It's like oh, God. Keith Lee versus um, QT Marshall. I'll skip. Yeah, it's like I know how this is gonna end. Like I don't need to watch this. Like go forward. So I want to do something. Uh, I want to uh, say something positive about changes here lately because this was evident from the very first show after Vince retired is they have made some small changes that made a huge difference and I know this is there one because I saw the chatter and two I've seen the clips they have loosened up on the the lexicon on everything being the the specific buzzword stuff Michael Cole apparently has loosened up and is enjoying his job again and let's, calling people fans. Well, it's probably because uh, they doesn't have, there's probably no one in his ear yelling at him all. Show. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm saying. And then you have, um, apparently like they're letting the talent have some more freedom on the mic. This is, they can improvise. This is the one that, cause this came out from the insider today. This is the one that blows my mind. They're allowed to call spots in the ring now. And I'm like, hmm. are you kidding me? Are you it, – it, it, it absolutely blows my mind that they were not allowed to call spots in the ring. Like it, the fact that it was pretty clear with a bunch of people in NXT that – they were not allowed to, to call spots in the ring. Like, that was made abundantly clear by the way some of the people were having matches. But the fact that you're on the main roster, you're good enough that they want you on the main roster, but now, at this point, they're like, yeah, you, yeah. It, it, it took Triple H being in charge being like, yeah, you can call your own spots. It's all right. It's not a big... Like, holy crap. I, because I couldn't work I, I well number one I, one hand I couldn't because I wouldn't remember everything because I you know I'm not gonna remember everything while I'm also trying to you know listen to crowd reaction and that sort of stuff but on the other hand I wouldn't do it I never like I had a handful of spots I'd call beforehand but I never laid out everything ahead of time well, ever I think 
I think that's why you're getting so many guys in WWE getting hurt versus like a lot of other companies like New Japan because like if if you're not allowed to call your spots in the ring like if you're like you know like my back's a little like my back's hurting a little bit tonight or my hips hurting can we kind of like work around that in this match like can we just brawl on the outside of the ring a bit like so I can take it easy whereas but with that it's like no you must do this this and this and then you're hurt because you can't listen to your body like midway through a match. Mm-hmm. It 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 boggles my mind that the the level of control was to the point that they, it's they're saying you know you know you couldn't call your own spots in the ring and I'm just like hell no like it's it's nice now that they're they're doing that and they're they're giving people oddly enough the ability to kind of loosen up and do their own stuff and do what feels right and that sort of thing. That's great. But the problem is that even even with this change, if I was still working, I wouldn't want to get signed there because you're being able to improvise more and call spots in the ring. That's that's still not a ringing endorsement and didn't would not fit for me. I'm not doing that. Give me give me let me do my own thing you know if there's spots you want me to hit have the agent talk to me about that that's fine but don't micromanage me like that can we can we talk about that massive botch they have where they were selling that tag title match and they somehow completely missed jeff jarrett getting oh 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 god super kick yeah people have noted that that they're kevin dunn's still there because like the the camera cuts are still like ridiculous but to speak to that, like, yes, there was a – they were trying to do the big thing where it's like Jeff Jarrett was to, to referee the tag title match. And they have a thing where it's like I I guess the Usos, like, accidentally super kicked him. But how would you know? Because it was – the camera cuts were so ridiculous. You didn't even see what was happening. And he took a great Jeff... bump that you missed half of too. Yeah, that oh, well, bump was, was fantastic. I don't know. I haven't I haven't watched it yet, but if you've seen clips from this past weekend, the Ric Flair last match, that included Jeff Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett is like what fifty five or something like that. He he looks in fantastic shape. He's in fantastic shape. He's a, Jeff, he's, a he's a very underrated worker. Like if you watch him his rookie year, like he's insta good. Oh, I I personally like in the years uh, since then, like I've had a much bigger appreciation of Jeff Jarrett. I think he's like I I do think he's very good, but Jeff Jarrett is a guy that's like based just on look and like how in shape he is and how like how much of a veteran he is. Like if you want to do like, all right, we're gonna bring Jeff Jarrett for one more run. It's like okay, I would not be opposed to that. Like, but the put the think, Intercontinental title on him. I think our opinion like, changed why? with him too because we saw some of his matches on this show with like like Mongo and Diesel, and there's a lot of matches where they're not doing much and he's just like. He's putting in the work. Yeah, and he's like yeah. pinballing for them and like doing everything. But um, I think the, the other problem, um, the problem but, is uh, the other thing I want to I want to throw this in about Jarrett real quick. I'm sorry, Brad. I'm oh, cutting you off. Um, is Jarrett was also smart enough to have a ring style that, let's be honest, is, is rather conservative, and didn't require him to to kill himself to do most of his stuff. You know, he he still do big spots every now and then, but you know, he doesn't have to kill himself to do it. Minimalist. And so, um, yeah. Well, it's why the, one of the regrets that I had from, 
my career is that I, I wish that I could have gone and done training with, with Dustin Rhodes. Cause Dustin's one of those people that he does more with less about as well as anyone I can think of. And that is the kind of like style that I would love to, to, you know, just sit and learn about and, and uh, to have done more with. And Jarrett was really good with that. Jarrett, you never looked at Jarrett and were like, oh, he's not doing anything. He did stuff, but it, it made sense and it wasn't putting yeah. huge strain on his body. What Dustin, okay, what Dustin does that's, I think, impeccable and few people do is his timing with, like, comebacks and knowing, like, the exact moment he needs to, like, when he's a face, like, when he needs to start coming back for the crowd like if you go back and watch his match with cody that is like a master class in him getting his offense in when he should mm-hmm. yeah yeah he, he, he did great but i was gonna uh, say that the problem with kevin dunn though is um and i know people hate him and they rightfully do but like with with a guy as tenured and as high up in the company as him like you can't fire him you have to retire him so, like, it's kind of a thing where in corporate culture, like, you can't get rid of him until he's ready to go. And I think he might retire soon, but, like, people thinking they're just going to get rid of him and fire him, like, you can't do that. That's a bad, that's a big no-no with someone like him, even though he's incompetent. But, like, you can't, you can't just fire him. What are you, what are you saying, Brad? I'd have to go home then, and if I did that, I'd, I'd have to be around my family, and they can't stand me either. I don't know why he doesn't retire because the dude's filthy rich and he's getting old. Like, just, just retire, dude. Just like, hang it, yeah. Just go on home, man. And I'm not just, even saying that to be mean. It's just like, dude, like, you're old. Go enjoy your life. Just, you you have you have gotten enough to a point, you're successful enough, that you can literally go take it easy. So go take it easy. Yeah. Like, if I I'd, could go take it easy right now, I would, but I yeah. can't, so I won't. And, like, I'm not even saying that because he sucks. I'm just saying that, like, on a human level. Like, dude, go, go, like, you might have what? If you're lucky, he's, what, 65? Do we know? I'm not sure. So uh, if, he's six, not sure if he's 65, if you're lucky, you have 30 years left on this earth. Like, you have enough money, dude. Like, just go, go get the most out of your life. That's not he, he could have. I mean, he could have as chart. few as ten. I, I don't know what his road habits were. Yeah. So it, it could be shorter than that too, and that's. I mean, that's a tough, tough barrel to look down. But, I mean, come on, man. We. It has been made abundantly clear that Triple H and Steph don't like it. No. And do you want to stay working somewhere, with people where where your bosses actively don't like you? That that can't feel great just man you you've you have won the game of life cash out and go home and and relax and for god's sake quit doing jump cuts every half second and giving people migraines no i i legitimately that that brawl they had a couple weeks ago i legitimately got motion sickness and i don't get that from tv um I don't. I'm not a. Sub, I'm not a subscriber, but there is a clip sometimes whenever they do Wrestling Observer stuff that from the Brian and Vinny show, yes. where Vinny will say, "Does this cut? Does this cut? cut? Does this cut?" We're 15 seconds into the match and I've had 12 camera cuts and I am pissed. I like, yes yeah. yes they he, that was actually not that long ago. It's like camera cut, da 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 camera cut, 
get into camera cut. He's like, I was furious. And he's like, <laughs> you actually have to like know Vinny. And it's like, he's not joking. Yeah. And, but he does it. He's, he's saying it in like a really endearing way. Uh, Cause I've, I don't know if I told you guys, like I've met Vinny before. Yeah. And he is like the nicest guy. And I didn't listen to Brian and, and Vinny show at that point in time. So I was at like an observer party thing. And I was just like, like for like an hour or two, like hanging out and just like randomly talking to him at times. And he's like the nicest guy. And he's like really unassuming. He'll talk to you. He's friendly and everything like that. And afterwards, I'm like, when I found out who it was, I'm like, oh, my God, like that was Vinny. Yeah, <laughs> he's like a really fun guy to talk to. He's super nice. But yeah, it's funny. He's like, I was pissed. <laughs> it's like he's really unassuming. So it's like if he was pissed, he's probably pissed. Yeah. Now, and, I, I will say if you're really serious about rehabbing the product, he's got to go because their product has looked dated for at least 11 years. It's like they're trying to shoot an action movie, but when you when they do those shots in action movies then they're doing it to cover up the fact that the people in the scene can't actually do what you're trying or to they make didn't the scene they're doing. or they didn't choreograph it and so they're just trying to make it confusing well they're 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 trying to cover a lack of work with changing your perspective up a bunch yeah. whereas if you have people who know what they're doing and really good fight choreography, you use your, your cinematography to highlight that. And people generally bitch about that with movies. So, yeah, I, it, it's, it's like they did not, Batman begins did not have great cinematography for the fight scenes because they were doing a lot of flash cuts and it didn't happen enough that it was a, a huge deal. Like the Batman Begins of the three movies is not the one that had like the big set piece fight scenes in it. And the other two were better about it. But if I'm watching wrestling, I want to see wrestlers wrestle. This should this should seem like self-evident. Here's the other thing. When they take a big bump. Don't shake the camera. I want to see it hit the ring because I see it hit the ring and I see the ropes bounce and that sort of stuff. Now I have a frame of reference for how hard that landing was. You don't want you them shake to shake the camera. You're just going to piss me off. You don't want them to do like the, the spinny turn thing when they're doing like the big swing or like an airplane spin. You know what? I don't want that. I don't want train sounds when Braun Strowman's running around the outside of the ring. I don't <laughs> want birds to fly out of Riddle's ass when he does his entrance. No, I don't want that. I thought people nope. were joking when the first time they mentioned the birds out of his ass. No nope. CGI birds. Yeah. Like that. I, I could you, like I don't even like Riddle, but like, can you can you ever make that guy anything if you're doing that? No. Apparently Vince just liked it. That's 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 exactly how you bury a guy, forever. I don't. Look, if there. If they're making some small changes that make things easier, great. And maybe they got to baby step it, and maybe it'll take some time to rehab. And if they can do all that, that's great. I'm happy for them. As a matter of fact, I like it because if both companies are good, that means there's more good wrestling and there's more push in the competition for both of them to do good stuff. Yeah. I would love to have that. I would prefer to have that as opposed to like, uh, WWE folded. We just have AEW now. It's like, 
I would really rather not have that no, because be I don't care how good intentioned you are. Complacency is going to set in if you don't have something pushing you a little bit. I think though there's there's this weird fan thing that I feel like is more recent, especially since AEW came around. But there's this like there's this growing contingent online, and they they kind of do this a lot to AEW, but WWE and um, New Japan kind of catch this flack too. But there's this idea that promotions like have to put book perfectly to a specific person's taste or like it's bad and i'm tired of hearing that no because i will sit here all day and i'll trash wwe all day but we we try not to talk about because i will tell you straight up it is not to my taste i don't like it i don't think there's much they could do to make me like it but i'm up front with that and so i do judge it badly but i know deep down like, they're not going to do things that appeal to me, so I'm not going to waste my time being mad about it. It's also, it's less fun to be mad about something a lot than it is to talk about things that, you know, you enjoy. Yeah. So. But but I dare, I dare anyone, show me a promotion in the history of man where everything on the card is clicking all the time because it doesn't exist. There is always going to be something bad. There's always going to be something that you specifically don't like, a worker you don't like. And, like, I'll, I'll use a perfect example. 1986 JCP, which was super hot, but a lot of people aren't going to like Paul Jones versus Jimmy Valiant. probably not um i i i'm kind of rooting for the wwe because all along like i've said before like we're not we're not like we're not really like an anti-wwe podcast like even though we we prefer AEW. like i'm rooting for them in the sense that i want AEW to be i'm sorry i want wwe to improve and be better because i i love professional wrestling like i want I want good professional wrestling from from the WWE. Like so if that happens, like I will be happy even though I may still prefer like AEW. But so in that sense like I'm positive. I I'm I'm with Brad that there are like I have serious misgivings. I think people are a little too like overly optimistic up to and including like Dave Meltzer. Like Dave Meltzer yeah. again, who's like kind of insinuating that like oh, it's a new day. Like everyone's going to like Triple H is going to be pushing different guys. It's like, well, yes, he might, but I don't know that that's going to be the case. And you don't know how handcuffed he is either. Like that's the yeah. thing. It could like we don't know how handcuffed he is, but he also he has to do a lot of work. There he has to rehab almost everyone on that roster. He's also got to because he's not going to want to just drop everything they're doing right now. If he just drops everything they've been doing, he's like, we're going to do different stuff. You're going to piss off even more people. So he's got to try and go and wrap up what they've been doing and then start the ball rolling on his other stuff. But I think you have to keep the core philosophy of the company, too, because um, if you piss off your cores, then you're going to – you're not – you know – I think they're going to have a hard time getting people back. So you have to keep the people you have happy. So yeah. um, you have to figure out how to appeal to who you have 
And that might not like he's not gonna book it like NXT because they will be canceled if they if he books it like NXT. Like that's not gonna go over. And um but like you have you have exactly Roman Reigns and the Usos that have any credibility. And I mean that's that's tough to do because I, I know I know we've talked about it off air and I've never talked about it on air, but like, and I'm saying this in defense of triple H, if you gave us the book tomorrow, I wouldn't even know where to start and how to fix the company. That's how much of a mess it is. Yeah. There I'd be sitting there looking at it for, for a long time. And my first thing is going to be, all right, we're going to take this stuff right here. We're going to wrap it up. The other thing I've got is they're talking about bringing all these people back. It's like, you understand. Oh, some people have had such a bad experience there that even if things have changed drastically, they don't want anything to do with it anymore. I, I want to touch on that. Because yeah, go for it. There, the last week, two things. The last week has just been like ridiculous from people uh, because like you had – it was a Vince show, not yesterday Raw – the first of, of August, but like the previous, like the last raw of July. Yeah. It was, a, if that was basically done by Vince prior to him retiring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like there was that, uh, and then you had AEW on Wednesday and people loved it. Like they got rave reviews. Like it's, it was well received and people were like, Oh my God, AEW, like Tony Khan showing like, it doesn't matter that Vince is gone. Like he's going to show you how it's going to be done. It's like, okay, well, yeah, I like AEW. It was a good show. So like, let's go forward with that. And then they just had this raw, uh, from last night, which was well-received, got a good number. Uh, I guess SummerSlam was well-received over the weekend and people like, Oh, WWE. Oh, that's it. That's it for AEW. AEW's finished, bro. And it's like, I, there's a guy that I, I follow on Twitter named Kwame, and he has he had a really good tweet like a couple of days ago where he's like, "Nothing good can happen in WWE without it meeting curtains for AEW." Yeah, <laughs> and it's like, yeah. and it's like that too. It's like you literally there's whiplash. It's like AEW has a good show. It's like, oh, done. WWE's done, bro. Like Triple H can't beat that. And then like they, the next like show, which is like days days later, WWE has a good show. It's like, oh, AEW's finished, bro. Like that's it. It's like come on guys like just like let let them could be good shows without every show being like oh the death knell death knell of the company it's like no and no and the thing that's dumb about that is the the one thing i learned from the the nxt versus aew war is the audiences had very little overlap right you're True. not catering to the same people like there was maybe a hundred and fifty thousand people that jumped back and forth and their yeah. audiences were pretty set in stone and honestly, like AEW didn't even get a bump from NXT going away because there was no overlap with the fans. Yeah, right. But to go back to what you're saying, uh, Chad, it's like there are people who literally I've seen like the last like week, like when Triple H took over. People arguing. I saw people argue on Twitter. It's like, oh man, Adam Cole and, and like. And the rest of them in the in, in the undisputed era, like they should just tell Tony Khan, like I, I we out of our contracts, bro. Like we didn't out of it. Like we're walking. Why and would they, they want to do let, that? Let, just like he should just let them go and go back to the NXT. They're gonna be on the main roster. It's like, okay, so you're saying that Tony Khan should let these people go. One, they should want to go, and two, like he should let them go out of their contracts didn't to go them, back to the NXT. 
Can I ask a question? Didn't Adam Cole? Oh, well, leave let me finish. While let me finish. Triple H was still head of NXT. Yes. Let me tell you. Let me. It's like one last thing to that. My point. It's like people not only say that when when someone like me or someone else was like, why would Tony Khan do that? And they're like, oh, I guess Tony Khan's just like Vince McMahon, huh? Not letting people out of their contracts. It's like, are you insane? Are you insane? Like, how can a man run a business if it's like? Like, why would he do that? Why would he do anything that would benefit the WWE? And it's not like he's Vince McMahon holding people to contracts they don't want to be in. Uh, it's it's so silly. But yes, yes, to your question, like, yeah. yes, Adam Cole why, was he was he left when it was Triple H. Yeah, I think yeah. the why I would think, I uh, why I would think, I hand my competition a loaded gun? I think the only one you would get back from the undisputed era is maybe Kyle O'Reilly. I don't know that you would get anyone. I think that they're probably like satisfied. No, because with... they're with their buddies. That's yeah. the thing. It's like Adam Cole specifically. I think like Tony Khan actually had to respond. To... He went on busted open radio and he like even respond to this, where he's like, I have certain guys like Adam Cole. Like I ha... or I think he used. I think what the other one we mentioned was like Claudio. It's like I had these guys in contracts for like five years, so like they're not going anywhere for a while. Uh, but specifically, it's like why would Adam Cole into like him. Absolutely. Like, why would he go back to WWE? How old is that kid? Like, 32, maybe? It's like he could literally be in, in AEW for five years. He's probably going to be in that five years presented as a main event level guy. He's probably going to win the AEW title at some point. And if at the end of the five years, he's like, yeah, I did my time here in AEW, like, I'm going to go back to WWE. It's like, he would still be only in his late 30s, which is like the age – he probably wouldn't be any older than Cody is now. Mm -hmm. And it's like he can, he has options. right? And right now it's like why would he leave? He's with all his friends and his girlfriend, his longtime girlfriend. And he's probably getting paid like, well, like good money where he's going to be a star. Like why would he leave? Hey, but even, why would he leave on the possibility that maybe he would be pushed? Exactly. And – there, I, look, there are guys – Brian Alvarez brought up a good point, which I think is fair. It's like if, if – there are probably guys at the WWE, if they have – if Triple H and other have opportunities to actually sign people, uh, they're not they're not hamstrung with who they can sign or not sign or how much money they can spend on talent, things like that. There are probably guys in AEW that once their contracts are up, they'll make a play for. And – those people might potentially sign WWE just because more money. Uh, guys like Wardlow, MJF, although I, I had the suspicion that MJF signed a new contract and that he probably is there for a while in AEW with good money. Um, like Ricky Starks, Jake Cargill. Like I think that there are people there who who probably will, are with AEW a while, but they can – they could maybe go to WWE, but Brian Alvarez brought up a good point. It's like, okay, you bring in all this AEW talent that you poached. Um, there are people in WWE who are going to probably to compensate. They're going to be like, oh, okay, you brought in all this AEW talent. Like uh, my role in the roster was already not good, or maybe it's going to be poor now since you've brought in all this other new talent. I'm going to go to AEW myself and be a star. Yeah. And some guys, it, they probably would be like guys like let's for example, like like if you if you're like a ricochet, you might be like, look, I can walk into AEW tomorrow, 
or assuming their contract is up. It's like I, they, right. that dude could walk into AEW tomorrow and be presented as a big star and be booked as a big star. Yeah. Uh, if you're a guy on the lower end of things, like maybe not, but maybe like there, there, there's going to be, it's going to be almost be like, I feel like the Monday night wars where it's like talent being traded mm-hmm. back and forth. And that's not a bad thing for wrestling, but I also don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. And you might have guys in AEW who, at the end of the day, like when their contract is up, they may look to, they may look at Tony Khan and it's like, look, these guys are offering me this amount of money. And maybe Tony Khan is like, OK, well, I can match close to that or I can match that amount. But you're going to have more freedom here, meaning less dates and the opportunity to work indies or other things. And they may be like, OK, I'm going to stick around. And you don't have to tour as much, which means that you can rest more and get hurt less. Yeah, I, people people assume that anyone in AEW, the WWE, wants that as soon as their contract is up in AEW, they're just going to bounce. And it's like, dude, that didn't happen back in the late 90s when you had the actual like Attitude Era competition between WWE and WCW. Like right. it didn't happen then. They're guys that just stuck around in their promotions. Bret Hart didn't want to leave. No. Okay. It, it, it's not. It is not a surefire thing. And yeah. You know and what? Guys like Sting never left. And, and yeah. most of the guys that, that built like the NWO and stuff, like really Hall and Nash and. X-Pac are the only guys that really made jumps like Hogan and those guys. Vince didn't want them anymore because he thought they were too old. And Hogan was already gone. And Hall didn't want to leave, but he wasn't getting paid a whole lot. No, because that was the days. Remember, in like 95 and 96, like job guys were making more on TV tapings than the talent was. mm Mm-hmm. Because the job guys got like 500 bucks for their one appearance and the talent wasn't getting that when you figured everything in. Right. So. Maybe it was 250, but I know the job guys were getting more at one point. Yeah. So with all of this happening, I am very much taking a wait and see attitude because there are small things for WWE that are getting better. It's less grating to listen to their broadcast now. That's a big plus. That That's huge, like getting the vernacular fixed. Yeah, loosen up. Call fans fans, you know that. But number one, by and large, for the three of us, that's not our preferred style. Number two, we've got to see, like I myself need to see more sustained improvement before I'm going to stick my head back over there. Um, number three, they're still on Peacock, and Peacock still sucks. Oh, Peacock so, is the fucking worst. It is. It's terrible. So It's terrible I for am, regular TV stuff. Yeah, so I am, I am happy that there are changes coming. I am happy that there are things that are going to be different. Apparently, the times when... Um, Vince wasn't there. Triple H would run the show from the gorilla position, and everybody liked that so much more. Great! I am I am so thrilled 
with that. But I am I am not hopping on the hype train yet. People are not jumping back and forth yet. This is so early on that making predictions is it's guesswork at best. Well, and remember too, because a lot of the focus is on creative, but remember a lot of the talent's issues are the toxic culture in the company, which Triple H was readily involved in. Like um, Dax Harwood's um, story about Shawn Michaels. Like Shawn Michaels is going to go up in the company with Triple H there. And he is not like well liked by a lot of people. You know, like the the sending people their stuff in garbage bags. Um, People getting released on their wedding day are in like bad situations. Like they, you know, that stuff I don't think is going to change much. Well, it might because you have a different uh, head of talent, but yeah, it, but it's... like he was, I think Triple H was part of CM Punk getting released during his honeymoon. Well, uh, that that was that was straight up personal butt hurt, is what that was. Yeah, and but so I mean, it's... still. Yo, know, I, I I'm saying that's Triple H being straight up butt hurt about it. Um, so I, you know what, there is the potential. For lots of change and i hope there is and i think i think with the jumps too one thing people also have to remember is both companies only have so many roster spots yeah mm-hmm. yeah there's there's if if we're looking at jump stuff then there are going to be some people who are going to end up being cut and there are some people who are just out there in the ether who they might pull back i don't i i don't find it super likely but they could pull Braun Strowman back. That could happen. Um, they could, I mean, they could pull Bray Wyatt back, maybe. I think my issue is, I don't know who WWE could get that would be a needle mover. Or what combination of guys they could get back to do that. Like, I don't, I don't think there's, like, an easy fix there, and I think there's, like, some inherent problems just in the tv landscape and what they've spent the last 20 plus years doing to drive their audience off like i just don't i don't see who you could get tomorrow that could make your ratings better because even like when they got cody he didn't fix ratings no he didn't fix ratings but it was it was a good change but it didn't fix anything yeah and i think so i think you can fantasy book all those AEW guys going back but they didn't move the needle much for AEW other than for the people that enjoy the show. And are those guys going to actually move the needle if they go back to WWE? Because I don't think they will. Uh, I, I, not, I don't think they're going to jump to the other product that they didn't really care for. I don't think that they would. Um, and honestly, I don't know how many are actually would go back. Like I can see someone like Daniel Bryan going back because he, he apparently liked the WWE. But he wanted to he wanted to spread his wings and yeah. Fly so out. if at the end of his contract maybe he's like oh I got that out of my system I can go back like maybe. Um, outside of him like I don't know that there's a lot of guys that WWE release that that would be interested in going back like someone like Malachi Black it's like he he has like his own thing that I think he has a lot of creative creative input in, in doing. Mm-hmm. So he probably wouldn't go want to go back. Um, 
Ruby someone Soho like, might go back, but again, not going to move the needle. Yeah, someone like um, I'll use his WWE name like Rusev. Like he he might be interested in going back, but I don't know that he would be because he 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 just seems to like certain people there. Yeah. Um, and he seems I would to really actually... love his gimmick right now too. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it's a, it's a good gimmick for him. Um, he couldn't he couldn't do he couldn't do that in WWE even with Triple H. Like he could not do that specific gimmick. Yeah. Uh, someone like Andrade, I think, would like to go back, but he yeah. has freedom now. He can work like the uh, he can work the uh, Mexican promotions, and like I don't know that he would go back right now because like in AEW, like his buddies are coming over. I think so, I think he was a likely candidate, but again, I feel like he kind of washed out in AEW. We again that kind of well, I think he's now with like his new faction. I think that La Faction Ingobernable, like I think that they they have something that they could actually like get over. But I kind of right there, it's like it's again like he's he probably wouldn't move the needle. So I don't know who would in theory go back that would move the needle maybe like adam cole no but we've already we've already shared like i think adam cole like he's better where he is now like he's, he's probably happier where he is now yeah and he's, he didn't he's not moved the needle he didn't move the needle for nxt or AEW. i don't see how he's going to do it for raw or smackdown yeah all right so guys i think we've we've about talked these <laughs> as much as we've got before we start repeating ourselves um and, but, you know, we would love to hear from you all your thoughts on this. Um, you, know, you think we're off base on something? Let us know. Uh, Brad, What was? what's the next thing we're looking at, at getting into? Do we have anything set? I think set? Um, Spring Stampede 99 is on the docket for maybe okay. next week, but I don't know. Um, it's been it's been a little chaotic behind the scenes here with everyone's lives, so I don't know mm-hmm. what yeah. that looks like. It's, yeah. it's, been, it's just been a little bit of a mess. Yeah, I think all of us. Yeah, in our own ways. So um, we'll see about that. Um, that is the next thing we're gonna do when we get to a review, and um, we'll get to it when we get to it. But I don't know if if we if we're doing something lighter next week, it's just because we couldn't get to it. But um, right, but it's 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 coming up. It is yes. And then I think what we're gonna do is um, we have a longer form project that is in the works but that's probably going to start in september i think so what we're planning to do there is um we're going to watch i think from about halloween havoc 91 through um the end of 90 i think a clash of the champions in january of 93 for wcw just doing pay-per-views and clashes so we're going to kind of hit on the dangerous alliance era okay and maybe some maybe if we can dig up title changes in there, but that that's gonna probably be like a six to eight month project, depending on how many shows there are. And it may not, it, there may be other stuff interspersed through that as well. Yeah, it's gonna that's gonna depend. Like it's probably gonna be like the GWF thing where there was a big gap between a couple episodes, and then we kind of pounded out like the end of it. Yeah. All right, Matt. Was there anything else you wanted to? throw in or no i think we've covered it all all right well everybody out there thank you for joining us for this episode uh, we really appreciate you being here with us um if you have a request send it to us so we can we can put it in the docket to, to get to as well 
And with all that being said, um, this is Shad with Matt and Brad. We've been in three corners. You're in the fourth. We'll catch you next time.